Today's show is brought to you by Aptiv. Aptiv is a fabulous app and robust online community that allows you access to top-notch, motivating personal trainers who guide you through an audio-based workout that is timed to your choosing with fun, perfectly synchronized music. Like Netflix for fitness, Aptiv gives members unlimited access to their entire bank of high-end trainer-led workout classes. So if you're looking for fresh, high-quality, on-the-go motivating workouts that adapt to your lifestyle, I highly recommend Aptiv. In fact, if you head over to the curator playlists, you'll see a familiar face. I chose seven of my favorite Aptiv workouts so that you can get a well-rounded mix of workouts that will take you from intense cardio to restorative serenity. And these are some of my favorite workouts to do when I'm traveling or if I just have a spare 20 minutes between activities. And because they're the best, Aptiv is even offering Fed and Fit listeners a free 30-day trial when you sign up for monthly subscriptions at www.aaptiv.com. Be sure to enter the promo code FEDANDFIT, one word, at checkout in your first 30 days or on the house. Welcome back to another episode of the Fed and Fit Podcast. Today is a very exciting episode because I am joined by the amazing and fabulous and wonderful Michelle Tam of Nom Nom Paleo. She's coming on the show today not only to talk, uh, introduce us to the brand new book uh, that she and Henry just are releasing, came out six days ago as this episode airs on August 1st. I wanted to go through all the A months. I think there's only one other eight month, but I was going to say April. <laughs> um, came out on August 1st, 2017. And I, you guys, I have my hands on a copy. It's absolutely wonderful. Michelle, thank you so much for coming on the show and welcome to the Fed and Fit listeners. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm so excited. Oh, me too. This is going to be fun. Um, well, you can do a better job than anybody yeah, explaining the book. Could you please tell us a little bit about Ready or Not Cookbook? Uh, what went into this idea? This is, uh, I believe, sec book number two. The first one, Nom Nom Paleo, is um, a must-have if you don't, listeners, you don't already have a copy of it. And after having flipped through Ready or Not, so much love and energy and attention and thought went into every single one of those pages. So it's sure to be another great collection excuse me, addition to your collection, but Michelle, I'd love it if you could tell us a little bit in your own words about Ready or Not Cookbook. So Ready or Not Cookbook is something, is it is definitely like a family affair. So Henry and I, my Henry and my husband and I have been working on this for I think three years. Um, and if you see the book, it totally is us like a hundred percent. Like So Henry does all of the design all the photos, all the cartoons, all the layout, and I do all the recipes <laughs> and the snark is how I, you know, so the voice is me. And then you see our kids kind of sprinkled throughout the book. Um, but how this cookbook is different from our last cookbook, and I think from a lot of traditional cookbooks, is we've broken up this cookbook into your state of readiness. So this cookbook has more than 150 make ahead, make over, and make now recipes. Because I think like most people, like I, I kind of waver between where I am in my state of readiness, depending on the day of the week. And some days I'm super ready to cook. And so I, you know, want to like make a bunch of things that take a little bit longer, or things that can reheat later in the week, or some sort of like mother sauce, 
or dressing that can be, you know, reused later in the week. And other times I have no time at all. And I open my, my fridge. I'm like, I have no idea what to make. Um, and so our book has recipes that are for when, um, to get you set. So they're like the sauces, dressings, and like, you know, emergency proteins that you can have. The ready sections for days you have a little bit longer to cook. And then the kind of ready section, which utilizes the first two sections. So you have a bunch of like quick weeknight meals or, um, you know, leftover makeovers. And then the not ready section where you don't need anything pre-made, but you can get something on the table in 45 minutes or less. And some of them only take like 15 minutes. And every single recipe pretty similar, I think, to our blog, has a picture for every single step. Um, so even if you're not super familiar with cooking, it's like, you know, we're holding your hand while you're in the kitchen so you know, hey, I just did this. This is what it's supposed to look like. Um, and so it should help everybody get food on the table because you know, ultimately, it's not a matter of being like perfectly paleo. It's just cooking meals for yourself and your family. I love that. I really do. And it comes, it's a hardback book. Are they all going to be hardback? Yes. I love that so much because it really does feel like a great reference book. Even, you know, I, I will just cook and throw stuff together, but it's, it feels like one of those books that I want to keep right next to my coffee maker in my kitchen so I can just flip it open and just mindlessly say, Michelle says this, this, and this. I'm going to follow these <laughs> steps and I'm going to have dinner in 15 minutes. <laughs> I, I think mean, that's I think great. What we tried to do is we, it's like a bright yellow book. Like our first book was a bright red book, but this one is like a bright yellow book with lots of cartoons. Um, and so we actually secretly design it this way. So it'll appeal to hopefully everybody, but especially I think if you have kind of some resistant or reluctant kids or picky people in your family, like if you just leave it on the table, like they might be like, huh, what's this? And then flip through it and then, hopefully kind of get sucked in by pictures or just the fact that it's very easygoing and encouraging. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it gets kind of buy-in secretly. So we hope that it'll, um, you know, get people excited to cook. That's so clever. It makes me think of, you know, we're a few months away from the holidays, but it would be a great one to bring to some family get-togethers if you've just wanted to just, you know, very politely inspire maybe fellow family members to get cooking or maybe even start experimenting with healthier foods. Leave it on the coffee table. <laughs> yeah, like I, I think just like you, anybody who, when they first go paleo, you become like a crazy evangelist. Yes. And you are just telling everyone, you need to do this. You know what would make you healthier and make you feel better because you're so excited to share what you've learned. But I think after you've been doing it for a while, like the two of us, you know that that just doesn't work and it's very polarizing <laughs> and you don't get invites to people's homes anymore. And so this is our way of doing it. Like if you want to know stuff, you can pick up this book or you can just go to my website and look at stuff for free. Like nobody's trying to do a hard sell, mm -hmm. um, but if you're interested, it's here. I love that. I really do. And Michelle, this reminds me of something, and I don't know if you remember this at all. Uh, it was I met you for the very first time maybe five or so years ago at Paleo FX in Austin, Texas, and it was a good moment for me, and I was definitely in that 
you know, evangelistic stage of paleo. And I remember I came, I bounced over to you and I was like, hi, Michelle, my name's Cassie. I just started a blog. It's called Bed and Fit. I said, but I make things like truffles on occasion. And I guess you could call that phaleo. And I used the word phaleo. And you looked at me square in the eyes and you said, there's no such thing as phaleo. <laughs> I hope I was nice about it. You I do were remember being super you, nice. But I was like, but I also know before I quit, because I used to work night shifts um, mm-hmm. up until I think two and a half years ago. So when I would go to these conferences, it would be during my off week. But I know now, like looking back, like my memory is terrible <laughs> from when I used to work nights and I used to do this. So I kind of remember, like even Henry now, like I can remember like stuff really well from before I worked night shift. But like my memory is really nebulous. <laughs> in terms of what happened when I was working night shift. And I really think it's because my sleep was so messed up and I don't have like really great memories that's <laughs> from so there. Fascinating. You know, maybe it that's is. a good uh, good thing to take into account if there's any college students listening to make yeah. sure you prioritize sleep as far as doing well in school goes. But that's that's so funny because I I didn't expect you to remember it, but it was pivotal in that <laughs> sense because I thought, gosh, you know what? She's right. There is no such thing. You were super, for the record, you were very, very sweet about it. Um, but it was... It and was, look at you now. Like, I, I I, see what you're doing. I'm like, wow, she's, she does so many things and she's so positive. And I, I just think you're really, you're a great person in the field of paleo. Oh, that's really kind. Thank you. Likewise. High five. <laughs> are you on the, are you, you're on the Pacific Coast right now, right? I am. We're currently in Portland where it's really, really hot, which is unusual. (laughs) That is. I think of Portland as just forever, you know, 75 degrees. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, goodness. This year has been a weird year for Portland. So I, like people are like, what are you doing in Portland? So we split our time between the Bay Area and Portland, but I love Portland. So we're here whenever we can. Um, But Portland this year, there's been snow and then... There's been a record heat wave, so it's, like, been crazy. (laughs) It's a a real deal summer up there. It is. <laughs> we we escaped San Antonio, Texas, where I live. I we, the day we left, I had a hundred and eight degree temperature reading on my car, <sighs> and we were ready to get the heck out of Dodge. Now we're up here in Asheville, North Carolina, and it's a much more tolerable eighty degrees. And I have to tell you, there was a black. I'm getting so off track. There was I pulled into <laughs> the um, the driveway of this home away we're staying at, and I thought they were fake. There was a mama black bear and two baby <gasps> black bears in the front yard. Whoa. I mean, see, that's amazing, but I would be scared too. <laughs> I, did. I had a moment. I, I pulled up and I wanted to take a picture for my nieces. And right. I thought about rolling down the window. And then I had this image of this mama bear coming at me. Yeah. So, windows up. It's, it's a blurry picture through the window. But anyway, sorry, <laughs> getting distracted. Um, well, that's a really great introduction. And every people can find your book everywhere books are found, right? I mean, I know they can go on Amazon, yeah. they can go in Barnes and Nobles, Indigo, all those options. So yes, it should be, I mean, yes, yes, it should be everywhere. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, and as always, you can go to nomnompaleo.com just to make sure if you want just direct links to those outlets. But that's wonderful. And I actually have a couple questions for you while I've still got you. And then I know we have some readers questions that we can get to also. But I would love to know, Michelle, this is, this is my first question. Um, and it's something that 
one of those things I think I've talked about behind your back in a good way to several, <laughs> several friends of mine. Uh, but I admire from afar, knowing very little about it, but I admire your recipe development process because it seems like you put more energy and care and attention into developing a recipe and it truly inspires me to do better. <laughs> so, well, I'm this is... This is a work in progress because when I first started blogging, there was not that much care put into it. Because when I first started blogging, it was more a kind of a journal for myself as to what I was making that night. And so it literally would be whatever I'm throwing together. And then I'd quickly put up a recipe. Um, but then I think now, because I don't work nights anymore, um, and this is my livelihood, and I am so picky, like that is the one thing that I care about is that the recipes really work. Because as soon as they're up, and you know this too, as soon as they're up, someone will make it. And if it doesn't work, you will find out about it right away. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> and so that's why like, I test things as rigorously as I do because I want them to work um, as soon as they're up. Um, and what's good is I think Henry and I concentrate on different things that were kind of really nitpicky and perfectionist about. So he is very nitpicky about the image being right and the design and the cartoons and all that stuff. But he could care less if it tastes okay. Whereas I really, really care about how the recipe tastes. And it's funny because we'll be shooting stuff and we always just shoot it in our kitchen. But he'll be like, oh, I got a great picture for that. I'm like, I don't care. It is not ready to go. <laughs> we have to take those pictures again because it's missing these ingredients or whatever. So I think it's a good... It's a good synergy for the two of us, um, but it definitely took some time to get to where we are now. And I think I didn't even really start doing this probably until like 2012. Mm -hmm. And so the earlier recipes, like I, I used to write them the wrong way, like I wouldn't list things in the proper order in terms of the ingredients. And so now I think after doing it for a while, like I know exactly how I'm supposed to do it. We have kind of um, a way that I go about recipe um, development and testing. And so it's more streamlined now. <laughs> um, so yeah, but that is probably the one thing that I care about. I love it. Well, it shows. It definitely shows. And I think that that's, that's the reputation that you have in such a good way. I'm sure you know this, but again, more nice things that are said behind your back. But it's, I, I feel like Nom Nom Paleo is synonymous with, if you make this, it will work. You know, it's just... Most of the time, we hope so. I mean, obviously, there's always people who are like, I tried it, and I did it to the T, and it didn't work. You're the worst. And I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> but I I've had those. Hopefully. But yeah, there's always, there's always someone. And, and you know, there's only so much you can... I mean, we try... I mean, I think that's also why we try to have a picture for every step, just so they can kind of see. But everybody's kitchen is different. We're at all different altitudes. Our ovens are different. I mean, so there's only so much you can replicate or do if I'm not in the kitchen watching you do something. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that was a good one. That was another, I think it was actually this ex same exact paleo effects. It might have been the same day. It was a big day for me in learning lessons. <laughs> um, but Melissa Julan, I remember chatting with her and I had just started getting comments on my blog to the point where one in 10 weren't glowing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I remember chatting with her, you know, and how to respond. And I, I felt very, you know, obligated to respond to everybody. 
And she gave me a great pocket response. And it was just, you know, because I can't be in the kitchen with you, it's difficult for me to know where things went wrong. But it's just so common. You know, this morning I made uh, breakfast for our entire extended family. And gosh darn it, I burnt the bacon. Like, you know, it's That happens to the best of us. That happens to me all the time. Especially if it's in a pan. That's why I like to bake it. Because then I don't have to watch it. Really. Absolutely. But it does. It does happen. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. Your your attention to detail in the recipes and Henry's attention to detail in the images and everything. It just all works. So your dream team. I love it. It's just always it's such a treat going through your work. Um, so, well, thank yeah. So thank you for doing that as a consumer. And then also you just really do inspire a lot of what I do. Um, another question I have for you. So we are we have a, actually a good amount we me myself and I have a good amount of uh, bloggers that listen to the show whether they're just getting started or they want to start a blog or maybe they're a few years in and they're really looking now to uh, figure out a way if this is something they want to turn into a business um, and have Mm -hmm. it grow outside that perspective and I would love if you have any ideas or any pieces of advice uh, for either startup bloggers or folks who are looking to turn a blog into a business. You've just been tremendously successful, not only with running a beautiful blog, but I admire you as a businesswoman as well. So if you have any tips of advice for folks. So it's always really hard because I know like it's hard to, I think, tell you exactly because what we did is I think unscripted, but at the same time, so many things came together, right? Like, so that, you know, a lot of it is luck and chance and us being ready to take that opportunity. Um, But, and I know this is so cliche when people say, oh, you just have to put out great content. I mean, (laughs) but, (laughs) but you do, you do, you do have to put out good, consistent content. Um, But it also has to be a way that is really authentic to you. So I think for us, like the recipes that I make really are things that like in terms of the, the types of foods that I make, they really are foods that I really, really love. And I'm not trying to like make things that I think will get a lot of hits necessarily. I mean, obviously there are things where like, well, I think this would be better than me, you know, doing menudo or something. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I think you just have to, I think you just have to put your nose down to the grind. You just have to work really, really hard and hustle mm-hmm. and try to do the best you can and not try to do shortcuts. Um, and things will come. I mean, I know it's hard to believe that when you're working on it for, you know, months or even a couple of years. Like we were working on it for at least four or five years before I finally said, okay, I think I'm going to quit my job. And this was after our book, our first book came out, our app came out. And like, we had like, you know, gotten, I think kind of substantial income to let us do it. But it really took me a long time to finally say, okay, I'm going to stop dealing drugs. Cause I was a pharmacist <laughs> um, and say, okay, I'm all in to this. Um, and it might not happen right away, or it might not happen at all. Like it might be your side hustle that generates a lot of, um, you know, joy and some money. But I think you gotta just go into it because you love it, and you really want to create something useful or delightful for people. 
I love Does that. that. Make sense? It makes perfect sense. Absolutely. Um, and but I, think, I also come from a very, I mean, obviously I come from a very privileged position where I had a great job and has, and Henry had a good job. So it wasn't like I was dependent on, you know, kind of taking every opportunity that came my way. Like I was able to be picky because I had safety nets. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. It reminds me of something that Diane Sanfilippo um, I don't know. I don't remember. It's fuzzy if she told me directly or if I just heard it in a larger context when it to a group. But she was recommending to people to keep their day job as long mm-hmm. as humanly possible. Yeah. For that very reason, and I I too did that. I worked um, part time, well, full time on the side. I was a full time. I I mean, I had the luxury at the time because I didn't have anything else going on. But I essentially. Uh, ran the blog about 75% of full time. And then I had a job mm-hmm. on the side and it was overwhelming at a certain point, but because yeah. I had that income, there was no pressure on the mm-hmm. business to make some of those rush decisions. So you're so, you're so, so right about that. Yeah. I mean, I think Diane is a great resource for business and how she's run her brand. And I think like, she's always just putting out really great, like authentic content. And so I think that she's a great resource. Awesome. That sounds good. Um, if y'all aren't familiar, look up Diane Sanfilippo. She's over at balancebites.com. And we'll link to all this good stuff in the show notes. Um, mm-hmm. So I have another question for you. So ready or not, I feel like it's such a good real life glimpse into what it is to actually cook for your family in a in a, in a very realistic sense, because I have... Yeah, a- I have bedhead in some of these pictures, because <laughs> it's literally me waking up in the morning, like, okay, we have to work on this recipe, and so my hair is, like, crazy in a bunch of them, I have crazy glasses, like, it's just, it is like us in the kitchen, like, none of, I think I showed it, I, sh- I showed one of the early copies to another cookbook author, um, and she's like, oh, I like how this looks so real, and I'm like, hmm, <laughs> what do you mean by that? I love it. Oh man, it goes along with very authentic and very you, but it's it just it just is so so relatable. And I think that that is to your point something that's not necessarily out there in the cookbook world is how to really make this happen on a day to day basis. And so that leads into my next question: when it comes to the meals that you're putting on the table for your family, obviously when you're writing a cookbook, life is a little bit different, and you're you're eating a lot from what you're you're putting into the book, um, but what makes up the majority of the meals that you guys all enjoy together? Is it, uh, do you turn to established recipes on your blog or in your previous book? Or do you, are you constantly enjoying recipes that are under development or just something that you, you know, just throw together randomly? So it's definitely a mix. I am not a make ahead meal planner. Um, I know a lot of people are, but I think just because I'm always creating stuff for the blog or whatever it is, there's always something in the state of development um, that I'm working on. But of course, like the kids start complaining when they eat something like <laughs> four times in a row. <laughs> and otherwise, it is me just kind of throwing stuff together, cleaning out the fridge. And so that is a lot of stir fry. So what I show on my Instagram stories uh, and on my Instagram is really what we're having every night. Um, <laughs> and so I try to show that just to show people it doesn't have to be something fancy every night. We're just getting something on the table, and I just make sure that there is vegetables, healthy protein, and healthy fat in some sort of combination. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love the Instant Pot, because you can throw a bunch of stuff in there, and poof, 
you have something that you can serve your family. I but love I it. To, I used to serve something different for the kids. Like I think when I first started going paleo at the beginning, it was just Henry and I. And so I would make something different for the kids. And then finally one day I was like, this is crazy. I don't have time to make them something different. And why do I think it's okay that Henry and I are eating something, you know, healthier and I'm not serving that to my kids. And I think that was kind of like a, like a total honest, like I really had to be honest with myself and say, is this okay what I'm doing? Cause <laughs> it really isn't. And so then I was like, okay, we're all going to be on board and have one meal. And those are the things that are like in our cookbooks and on the blog. And so instead of being kind of crazy stuff, like things aren't super spicy or there's not any kind of weird, um, you know, like a bunch of awful in things, even though I know that that's really healthy. But I know realistically, like my kids will happily eat like Ollie's crackling chicken and like roasted asparagus or broccoli. And that's what we serve them. I love that. I think that's great. That actually leads into one of the reader's questions to this point. Um, she does mostly paleo and a, a cleaner diet, she says, but um, she wants to know, had your kids and husband always eaten this way? And if not, was there, uh, what was the adjustment like getting them on board? And I assume, you know, to your, what you just said, you cook them the things that they would eat that were in, you know, considered right. healthy. And so we didn't go like, so are my two sons who are now nine and 12, but I think when we started trying to get everybody on board, they were three and six. And our older son was like, is a total like first child people pleaser. It's like, okay, I'll eat whatever you want, mom. And, <laughs> and then the second kid is way more stubborn. And so he was really resistant to, um, <laughs> to going paleo. And so we didn't go cold turkey with him. We just found things that he liked that we were okay with. So he's a big fan of scrambled eggs. And he'll also eat like roasted broccoli. And so we're like, okay, we're not gonna make anything fancy that's different for you, but we will make you scrambled eggs and broccoli. Um, and eventually he got tired of it. Um, just like there's this children's book that I that you actually should get when you have your little one called Bread and Jam for Francis, which is a really old school but really wonderful book about this hedgehog named Francis, and she's super picky, and her mom, um, like, and all she likes is bread and jam, which is not paleo, and so her mom only packs her bread and jam for every meal and every snack, and then she serves really wonderful foods for everybody else until finally she's like, I want to try what you guys are having. And then it happens, and then she was on board. So that's what we did with Ollie with the whole eggs and broccoli until finally he's like, I want to try that too. And so now he eats what we eat, but to assert himself, he just eats super duper slow. <laughs> <laughs> but he eats what we eat, and it's not easy. And the kids are not perfectly paleo when we're outside of the house, but I know that I control what they eat say 80% of the time because I make their breakfast, I pack their lunch and, you know, for having dinner together. But if they're going to a party or we're going out to eat, they know what they're, um, like Ollie and I are really sensitive to gluten. So he knows he can't have gluten, mm -hmm. but you know, he's totally not perfect and we'll get like gluten-free treats. And then Owen actually can tolerate gluten. And so when he's out of the house, he does, you know, order stuff that are off, yeah. off menu here at home. But when he's at home, he eats what I cook. And 
I think because I know that I'm, I'm actually cooking most of their meals, I'm okay with it. But if I wasn't and they were doing this, I mean, that's also a time when you're supposed to evaluate, are they, am I really doing the best that I can? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of figuring out what works. But it has to be sustainable and you have to have family harmony. So it's whatever works for your family. The path of least resistance. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes there might be a little resistance, but you know that ultimately you are kind of doing the best by, you know, yourself and your kids. I love that. That's wonderful advice. Uh, some On the same semi-same topic, uh, another, Emily would like to know, what are some of your favorite meals to send the kids in the kids' lunchboxes? So again... It doesn't necessarily have to be perfectly paleo, as long as your breakfast and dinners are perfectly paleo. But if you want really um, perfectly paleo ideas, we have like, I think I have years and years of paleo packed lunch ideas on my blog. Yes. Um, Because every year, I think in August, I would partner with my friend who creates these really cool lunch boxes and we'd come up with these really beautiful paleo lunches. But in reality, our kids... I'm not packing that every morning. Like as long as there is some healthy protein, veggies or fruit and some healthy fat in there, I'm happy. And, you know, cause I think initially I would pack these really awesome lunches for them and they'd come back uneaten mm-hmm. or they'd dump it and they wouldn't tell me cause they knew I'd spent all this time and they didn't <laughs> want to upset me. And so finally I was just like, you know what? We got to figure out what works for everybody. And so it's not perfectly paleo. But, you know, they're mostly gluten-free, but there is always healthy protein, veggies and fruit, and healthy fat in there. Um, But you got to get buy-in from them so they'll actually eat it. Um, But that's kind of the happy medium for us. (laughs) I love that. I mean, I remember that as a kid going to school. My mom, my sweet mom would make us... Yeah, yeah, we trade stuff. I will yeah. give you this. Uh, gosh, what was it like a Numenzo for your gushers? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> or, or I'll just take the five dollars I have stashed in my piggy bank because it's enchilada day in the cafeteria. <laughs> exactly, and so you know, I totally know what happens outside of the house happens, but when they're in the house, this is what we're having, and I'm totally cool with that. I love that. That's wonderful. Um, Maria wants you to know, it's not a question, but she wants you to know that your mushroom powder is actually magical. So thank you. (laughs) If you guys aren't familiar with that, you should absolutely Google magic mushroom powder, uh, nom nom paleo. It'll come up. Um, It's a great one. Yeah, it's a seasoning salt. People think of it as a dry rub. I'm like, no, you use it the same way you would use salt. Um, (laughs) Don't just you know, pack it on your meat because it'll be salty. Like, <laughs> it's seasoning salt. <laughs> Can you, oh my gosh, I have an image in my mind. Um, I'm glad you clarified. <laughs> um, okay, and then this is a pretty good question to end with. Uh, they've all been great questions, but um, Chirpy Bird wants to know, what lessons did you learn about yourself through the writing, publishing, and public speaking process? What strengths did you develop through the process and any tips for others? Hmm. Wow, that's a good question. So I have to say, I am I, I am someone just like I think most people who have a lot of self doubt about like my public speaking and my writing. Like I, I'm probably what is that word where you think that you like I have imposter syndrome, like nobody's business, <laughs> which I think a lot of people, especially women, have. But I think after doing this for a while. 
and and doing things that scare me, um, I have gained, I think, more self-confidence. And even if I'm not confident about something, like what is the worst that can happen? Like nothing, <laughs> nothing is really that terrible that can happen. Um, and so if anything, I've learned to just really, if an opportunity presents itself that I think is a heck yeah, I really want to do that. Even if it scares me, I will grab those, those you know, chances and opportunities because you never know what will happen. And I, I try not to let like fear keep me from doing things, which is a big thing because I used to be super safe about it. Like my whole career was safe. My like my whole life path, I think, until I started doing Nom Nom Paleo was a very safe path. Um, and I think since doing all this and taking the, you know, opportunities that have presented themselves to me, I'm like, no, this is cool. And I've been able to do so many really great things that I'm, that you should just grab those opportunities. I love it. That's so wonderful. It makes me want to go out and do something new. <laughs> yeah, no, and I see like you do so many things. And every time I feel like down in the dumps and I watch your IG stories, I'm like, that Cassie Joy is so like positive. And like I saw how like your car got towed and your glasses broke and you're still so happy. And I'm like, you know what? I got to be more like that. <laughs> I need to be a better example for my kids. <laughs> Oh gosh, that's so sweet. Yeah, you know there is there's something funny like this uh, podcast to your to your uh, to that point when somebody brought up the idea of a podcast, I had severe imposter syndrome because I listened to podcasts and I remember thinking, no way, <laughs> like those things are like that's a podcast. You go show up in an app. <laughs> there's an audio recording, and yeah. and I jumped in and it's probably been the thing I have enjoyed the most. Um, of a lot of my outlets. So I think that's such wonderful advice. And, you know, if you're out there, just go for it. And uh, I think just, I think that it's one of those things that the path before you kind of unveils itself, the more you walk down it. So just start walking. Exactly. And it won't always be perfect, Mm -hmm. but you'll also see that it won't, the, the outcome is never as terrible as you imagine it to be. That's so true. That's so true. Everyone's rooting for you. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think they are at least. <laughs> oh, Michelle, thank you so much for coming on today's show. Um, and just to recap, you can find Ready or Not Cookbook, the brand new edition, out and you can order it off of Amazon. Go pick up a copy at Barnes & Nobles. I think you mentioned it'll be in Costco. So everywhere books are sold. Uh, you can also head over to nomnompaleo.com to learn more about Michelle and see all of her wonderful, wonderful recipes that are there. Thank you so much for coming on today. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. Y'all have a great day. We'll be back again next week.